The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. The Pharisees came forward and began to argue with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. He sighed from the depth of his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Amen, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them, got into the boat again, and went off to the other shore. The Gospel of the Lord. I guess today I just have one question for, for every one of us. Do we make Jesus sigh from the depth of his spirit? <laughs> you know, do we do things that actually, actually exasperate Jesus? Like if he was in our presence, would he just be like, <sighs> like, why can I get, why can I not get through to you? Um, you know, I, that's a strong wording, right? Jesus sighed from the depths of his, of his spirit because of the, the unbelief that people had, that they just wanted more and more and more. And that just points to the reality that we have been given absolutely everything that we need for salvation. We've also been given more than that, right? You know, apparitions and different things that mystics have seen and saints have seen and everything like that. But none of those things are actually necessary for us to be saved. We actually know everything that we need to know to be among the saved, to actually follow Jesus. So the, the point is, it is to follow what he really gives us in, his, in himself. Um, you, you often hear me say that the sacraments are Jesus's continuing ministry on earth. That's the primary way that we stay close to him. And if we do that, if we follow the commandments, if we follow what he taught, it, it doesn't have to be fancy. It's just like we don't need all kinds of signs and different things. There, there have been additional things given us, right, that are worthy of belief, and they do enrich our faith. But um, it's kind of like, he's like, stop wasting your time, though, looking into all of the details and follow the core of the teaching. Because that often, you know, there's that, that saying, don't get caught in the weeds, right? Sometimes we love to look on like the little, little detailed portions of the church and we miss the forest for the trees, right? We're not actually seeing what Jesus had given us all along. You know, what is given to us in the gospel, in the tradition of the church. And it doesn't take much more than that, you know, to be able to be worthy. All that stuff is enough to save an individual if you believe in Jesus and follow his ways and follow his church. Uh, and so it's important if, if we see ourselves sort of getting sucked into that, like these weird tangents and stuff. Those things are fine, like if you're just interested in them, but if they become a focal point of your faith, then they could actually become destructive. You know, they could actually suck us down some weird hole. That's often what happened to heretics in the faith. You know, there are still heretics in the faith, but when, when you see famous heresies of those early days of the church, that's often what happened is somebody said that they had kind of a special knowledge of something, and then people went down that rabbit hole until it ceased to be Christianity, 
anymore. They were actually believing in something that was less than Christianity. And so that's one of the things that we have to be uh, focused on, is the basics of our faith, the fundamentals of our faith, and not get caught up in all kinds of, you know, in other parts of the scriptures, in all kinds of strange teachings, is what it says. Today we celebrate St. Cyril and Methodius, and uh, they were two brothers in, in basically like the Czech Republic region of, of the world at that time frame. And they did, you know, great things. So that St. Cyril, his, his given name was Constantine, but he went by Cyril. And he was only, he only took the habit of a monk, you know, so it's, he's known to be a monk, but he only took the habit of a monk uh, like 50 days before his own death. And so it was towards the very end of his life that he actually became a monk. But he's also famous for having created and his followers the Cyrillic alphabet, like what we know as like the, the current Russian alphabet. So he's just kind of a, a, great, a great person in that, in that side of the world. And also, one thing that they did that was somewhat unheard of at that time was they formed a little bit of a different liturgy in that part of the church. And, and a lot of other people kind of fought with them about that. But then it was actually confirmed uh, eventually, uh, it was like St. Adrian II or something like that, or Pope Adrian II, I think. It was one of, the, one of the early popes actually confirmed, no, this liturgy that they formed is okay, you know, and they can actually go ahead with that liturgy. And so it speaks to the fact that even though sometimes liturgical expression can change, um, it, it, it can be valid in different forms, but who actually gives validity to that is the authority of the Roman pontiff, the authority of the pope. And, and Rome could say like, okay, this is a valid liturgy or this is not a valid liturgy. Um, that's something that man has formed, right? Many of the parts of it, of course, are formed by tradition in the early church, but the, the church is the one who gives the final approval. I think we can all remember, and I experience this actually a lot more often than probably all of you, but um, I can always tell at a funeral if somebody has not been to church since like pre-2011, right? <laughs> because 2011 is when we had the new translation of the Roman Missal and some of the reorientation of a couple prayers and things like that. And so if somebody says, you know, and also with you, instead of and with your spirit, I'm like, this person has not been to church in a very long time, at least at this point. And that's quite common, you know, especially at funerals when people haven't been practicing their faith. So we remember that the church actually has authority over those liturgical forms of its worship. But these are two great saints that were, of course, lived during a difficult time in a difficult region. Um, but as we hear in the first reading today, what they did well is through their trials, it built perseverance. And that's exactly what it's meant to do in each one of us, is that when we have trials in our life, they actually produce resilience. There's not one thing that, that grows unless it's like stressed by something. It's how our muscles grow, and it's also how we work as resilient people, as people of perseverance. God bless you all.